0: Welcome back to On The Outside for the first time in 2022. I'm Harry Vanderwood and joining me is Marcus Latakas-Taylor. Marcus, <laughs> what have you been up to? <laughs> what, is, what is that even mean? Just trying to freshen up the, uh, the program first up. Yeah, Marcus, no, we're well known for not having a friendship outside of uh, the podcast. So how are you? I haven't, I haven't really spoken to you.
1: Uh, I feel like the most of the blame, I would say 95, 96% of the blame falls on me.
0: For that, well, that in makes part it, because that makes it we, sound like I'm desperate to hang out with you, and you're saying no, that's what that's yeah, that, that like was my
1: subtle it. alpha move, that's what sure. it was. But no, okay. it's it, but at the Winter Olympics, I've just emerged from the Winter Olympics coma, which I know a lot of people aren't that interested in, but you should have been. It was a great Winter Olympics, really, really good one. Uh, what was your highlight
0: of the winters, spend Well, my highlight, funnily <laughs> enough, actually occurred today. If you, yeah, can, believe, really. if you can believe this, two weeks after they finished, yeah, because. I, some reports have come out today that China asked Russia to wait to halt the invasion until after the Olympics. And I was like, "Well, that's 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 friendship. That's diplomacy at an international level."
1: That's what the Olympics is all about. It's all about you know whitewashing um, bad things that happen, and that's why Russia and China have had a lot of Olympics lately. Anyway, very,
0: very good at it. Yeah.
1: Given that I was in the Olympics, uh, the Olympics world. I didn't pay any attention to anything that's happened. And I, I don't know. I was I'll, looking
0: up the Australian
1: team. Men's I'll, give team today. I'll give you a what, rundown. What's happened in the last month?
0: So I can't remember when we last talked, but Australia um, from nowhere won the T20 World Cup. Um, yes, became the number yeah. one ranked team, test team in the world. Yeah, Won the Ashes convincingly. Uh-huh. Um, and then sacked their coach. What, what, what? They sacked their coach? Yeah, I think they sacked their coach. So, so, like, winning, what did you do wrong? winning too he many have,
1: bill, was there or a lot Arsenal of games too much money what, what is the reason they dropped the coach who won the world Cup and the ashes
0: I'm not really sure to be honest people seem to have died down about it but I'm still not entirely sure except that the team was heading in a different direction and he had served his purpose is sort of the the idea I get do you have any insights if after this sort of month.
1: It's, it's very basic, obviously, to say that, yes, he was uh, he was moved on or he was sacked, whatever language you want to use, uh, simply because the players didn't gel with him that well anymore. Is that... Uh, and I guess what's been really interesting in the past, uh, even, it's still lingered on, uh, Matthew Hayden has been whacking as many people as he can. Uh, what's been interesting, I guess, is how we mark a good coach, and is a good coach a coach that that's team wins? Is that... I mean, is that the most basic criteria of a coach? Because if you're asking the players, it doesn't sound like it is. But from the outside, from everyone here, he's he's getting the results, and it doesn't sound like results matter as much anymore.
0: No, and I think I mean obviously it's been talked about a lot already, but I just feel it was handled extremely poorly mm-hmm. by Cricket Australia. Mm-hmm. You know, timing was difficult with the World Cup and the end of the end of the contract and the review and the Ashes. You go and fire a coach in the middle there, but. it really feels like the decision was already already made up and Mm. um and that's sort of how it was so if pat Cummins doesn't want to work with him
1: is that fair that he's moved on
0: i wouldn't have thought so but Mm. maybe i mean there seems to be a feeling amongst like it's a new it's now a new team it's a new Mm. generation Mm. you know maybe that goes along with pain and and maybe you know with pain there it would have been maybe different but with yeah yeah pain and langer they served their purpose they got past the sand sand uh, paper what's it called? sand paper Thanks. bloody saga mm. gate and uh, and moved the team forward for that they've done a great job and now they'd need to you know hand over to the reins this team that's that has uh, redeemed itself so that's interesting and yeah look that's what's uh, that's what's happening and Andrew McDonald is the uh, interim coach as we move into this series in Pakistan
1: do you think Justin Langer will coach anywhere again outside of australia Like, I think he'll end up back at WA if he really wanted to be. Do you think he'll coach anywhere else?
0: I hope he does. I think he's a, I think whether or not he's suited or not, I don't think he deserves to be treated like that. And I think he'd probably be a good coach for a team that's in certain positions. You know, sometimes you need a harder coach to sort the team out, and other times you need a softer coach, England, perhaps. Though I can't imagine his style working for the English because they seem even more. touchy than the Australian boys as far as... Could you
1: imagine him getting in a room with Anderson and Broad
0: trying to correct them? Nah. think going to go fairly poorly. So I don't know if that'll happen, but, you know, it'd be entertaining if it did and then good luck to him. Mm. Um, It's more than, you know, play for your country and that's important. But at the end of the day, it is a profession. He's a good coach and deserves to be coaching somewhere probably. That's a fair point, Vanders. I think uh, just before we move on
1: from Langer, just going to play this little bit of audio here. This is what uh, this this issue just keeps keep bubbling along. This is what Ian Chappell had to say about Justin Langer today. Why were they saying Langer was a legend? He wasn't. Langer was smart enough to retire
0: on the same day that Glenn McGrath and Shane Warne retired. now they were really good cricketers. Justin Langer wasn't in their category, as far as I was concerned. I mean, as an example, Damien Martin. In my opinion, was twice as good a player as Justin Langer. The Damien Martin even stuck up for him, didn't he? He was he was well, one he of the probably had to as well. He was yeah. one of the brigade. Yeah.
1: Why did he say it, Ben? Why did he, why did he even need to say it? He travelled just backing over after three weeks, just backing over. JL,
0: Damien Martin
1: was twice the player.
0: It's a misread and. <laughs> I just don't really understand. My tolerance for Ian Chappell is pretty low. I was not super happy having him on ABC Grandstand over the summer because he's just so negative and thinks he knows everything about every test. And anyway, I uh, I don't think anyone will too worry too much about what Ian Chappell has to say nowadays.
1: All right, Band, as we talked about who isn't there, and that's JL. Who is going to Pakistan? In fact, just before we talk about who's going there, what do you make of them playing in Pakistan the first time in 20 years, all the security? Uh, we've seen one uh, threat that was deemed non-credible uh, to Ashton Agar. Back in Pakistan, it It almost feels... It, I like the little feeling of nostalgia. I, I remember the days of, of playing those great Pakistan teams, and I like the nostalgia. Are you excited to watch this series?
0: I am. I am really excited. Firstly, it's a great time. Uh, you know, four pm, four pm Eastern Seaboard time is a great time to watch cricket. But uh, I, look, I am excited. I think you know. I feel really good for the for the Pakistan team. It's just been a long time since they played um, played Australia at home, and you know, obviously, haven't played much chess cricket there as well over the last twenty years. So that's really exciting for them. And I, I honestly think the Australian team and with the Players Association and Cricket Australia working very closely with the government and intelligence that they would. They'd be very low risk on the players. There they would no way they would go. So, I, you know, I'm fairly confident they'll be looked after and Pakistan will be, you know, Pakistan cricket and the Pakistani government will do a lot as well as the public. So, uh, look, really excited to see, to see where they go. Do you know how many fans are in the stadiums allowed?
1: I don't, but they're, it's up to 100% now, isn't it? They, they, It's up to 100% and they've got like deck chairs all around the crowd that are sort of spaced out. Our Australian squad, fairly predictable. I think you'd have to say Vanders, do you see the eleven changing much at all from the Hobart test? It feels completely different conditions.
0: Yeah, I think I mean, obviously subcontinental tests are so pitch dependent and weather dependent. But um, from looking at this first pitch, it sort of looks like a bit of a road and it, it will uh, mm. it will deteriorate on, on day sort of four and five. But I reckon day one and two will be pretty flat for batting. Yeah. yeah. So the toss is important and but maybe you know not one of those, you know, tests that you have seen recently in India where you start with the two spinners and, and go in with like one medium pacer. So I think they'll, they'll go in, they'll be tempted to go in pretty similar attack um, to Hobart, whole lineup. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there is, there is a temptation for mine to chuck in uh, an extra spinner and leave out either Hazelwood or Stark. What are your thoughts? I think they should do that because it's such a road. Like that bad boy looks flat. Like it
1: is a genuine flatty. There is no way. I just don't see the point of picking Josh Hazelwood. As good a bowler as he is, underrated reverse swing bowler and would extract a bit of bounce from it, I just don't see the point in picking him when you've pretty, like Cam Green, I'm not suggesting for a single moment he comes close to Josh Hazelwood, but they're a little bit similar in the style as they bowl. So I just don't see the point in picking in Josh Hazelwood when it's going to be so flat. You need bowlers that can make things happen. And a bowler that can make things happen, Vanders,
0: might be Mitchell Swepson. I, I mean, he is a chance. I think what will let him down is a bit, if it's a road and they think it may not spin, then mm-hmm. they may go with someone who can bowl tight like Agar, mm. um, who, who likes Swepson's going to take it away from the right-handers. So it really depends on that pitch, which is you know, not a great thing to say when you're doing analysis. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, it, isn't. Uh... it isn't. And interestingly,
1: I, I just looked up the, since they started playing uh, test cricket there again. There's been uh, in uh, Roll pendy, that is, there's been one, two, three, four, nine innings, one over 400, one over 300, and the rest, uh, yeah, the rest under 300. So then you look at the last test, Pakistan and South Africa, uh, this time last year, uh, no score over 300 at Roll Pinty, which, and you look at the players that are taking the wickets, a lot of quicks are taking wickets there, which is a bit instructive, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely, and I mean, I mean, you can watch other test matches, and, and you know, the Australian team obviously will have been watching results, and, and we, we had a bit of a look as well. But really, until they get out there and play, it's going to be hard for them to know what the conditions are like. I mean, it's been twenty plus years since Australia's played there, so I think there's going to be a lot of guesswork. But I think they know that you know if Green's playing and Boland overs, he's not going to play every test. Yeah, um, they'll rotate. Boland's probably a chance if it's you get a real flat dust bowl um so you know there's going to be chopping and changing which is what you need on the subcontinent um yeah. you know australia didn't go super crazy with their with their squad as far as there wasn't you know at one says there was talk of playing maxwell and mitch marsh and green all in yeah. the same team having the three around us which which i think you know maybe isn't appropriate for this tour but you have to be willing to do some strange stuff i think when you're you know yeah. playing india and india and and even Sri lanka as well so it'll be really interesting to see what where they go to with with a new coach um sort of with uh, McDonald over the top. Batting's interesting, though. What are yeah. you? What's your take on the batting quies to open up to?
1: Yeah, I think it will open up. I'm interested to see, because the last time we were in the subcontinent would have been the UAE against Pakistan, I think, and uh, Warner wasn't there. Warner and Smith were not there. That was Labashane's debut series, so it, not really any sort of guide of how he's going to go. Um, Travis Head's debut series, not really any guide of how he's going to go. Uh, Cam Green and Alex Carey haven't played there. Aussie obviously played that that tremendous, made that tremendous century in the first test uh, back in 2018, but hasn't got a great history of playing well on the subcontinent. I think if you look at his, has struggled in Sri Lanka. So I'm very interested to see how we go. I think there's a perception that Warner and Smith are going to make a lot of runs. I don't know if that's necessarily really a reality. I know that sounds very vague, but, we just don't know who's going to be able to cope with these conditions. It will help, I think, uh, Steve Smith, those lack of bounce. It will help, uh, you know, how a lot of the New Zealands bowled to him. And I think the England did as well, bowled those bounces, so that short pitch
0: bowling to him. So it'll help. That.
1: That's not there. That'll be good, I guess.
0: I think what we are going to see, Tails, is a very aggressive Australian batting lineup. I think mm, there, there'll be a real plans to not be sitting ducks at any time. Um, yeah. You know, we've seen recently that Travis Head plays his best cricket when he's attacking. We know, you know, Smith didn't have his ideal ashes. Labashain has, you know, we've seen a lot of social media. He's prepared really well. So those guys are going to be super focused. And again, Warner didn't have the best ashes in his natural game. And with a bit of confidence against Pakistan historically, I think he's going to be really attacking as well. So that's, that's sort of my take on the batting. I think, you know, even if games finish in, in three, three and a half days, that's Australia's tactic rather than trying to wait out and just waiting to get. To get done, so it'll be really interesting to see how they go. What's no, your? Uh, oh, sorry, Charles what's your tip for the series?
1: Uh, tip for the series, I think Pakistan are going to win two 0 I don't see us winning a test over there, only because I think they're a deceptively good team. I know they're missing a couple of key players, um, and even their their bowling lineup is going to be interesting with uh, Harris Ralph, and I think Hassan Ali um, uh, struggling to get fit for this one as well that um Yassir Shah and Muhammad Abbas are not uh, Muhammad Abbas and he just added to this squad as a traveling reserve but Yassir Shah as well they are not in their best 11 anymore and those those players for ages were held up as a, as a, a standard of um, you know high class international bowling they're not going to be there so i think australia might get a bit of a, a shock when they see someone like even though we've seen a little bit of Shaheen Shah Afridi but these players that we haven't really seen a great deal of i think they're going to get a bit of a shock and I just, I just don't see us um, taking enough wickets. Nathan Lyon is going to be so important, and frankly, he just hasn't performed well enough consistently on the subcontinent or on flat pitches to take a lot of wickets. And so, I just don't think, um, I don't think it'll happen.
0: No, and I think Australians have a uh, have an interesting memory of, of cricket because you know, by the time you play, so, you know, if it's not England or, or one of the, you know, New Zealand, by the time you come back around and it's been three or four years since you have played someone, there's a whole new team, and you think. Oh, there's no one there. I know they're no good, and then they're actually stars in their own right. So,
1: yeah,
0: we're uh, really interested to see how we go. I'm getting a little bit more, uh, I think we will see one or, yeah, um, being a little bit more optimistic, but I think we need to play well in this first test. If we lose this first test, it looks like a good chance with that road. Um, yeah, so little, uh, to see what we've got to say. Tails, we have a new sponsor for the show. Mm. As, as, a, as a sports podcast show, we actually also do sports ourselves. If you're yeah. a sport, an athlete like we are, you need a good physio, don't you?
1: Absolutely, 100%.
0: Nick Merton Physio is the official physio of the show on the outside. He's, uh, he's at Leap Health in Rosny Park, Tails. And I tell you what, it's over the bridge for me, but mm-hmm. well worth it. He is an absolute wizard.
1: Oh, he is an absolute wizard. Any aches and pains, he's been absolutely fantastic. Certainly for me. I, I'm shimmy has been for you Van is I can't believe you're still playing Premier Hockey at your age and with your but with your injury history the fact that Nick's getting you out on the park every single week I think only goes to show just how good he is and
0: he's a great bloke too, good for a chat four, four hours a day with him and he gets me out of the park every week and apparently on the outside playing full time in his uh, in his what rooms so that's, uh, that's exciting as well so go see Nick Murn at Leap Health. It is, of course, AFL season currently with the AFLW um, going on. And you went and saw your first AFLW game recently.
1: Oh, First for this season. Yes, first for this season. I did go oh, to the, season, ino- sorry. the inaugural game uh, between, uh, who was it, Carlton Collingwood back in 2017. But no, I went uh, went for the first time this season. I don't understand why more people don't go. It's actually a ripper day. So we went Victoria Park, went and saw Collingwood and the Dogs. And you have local producers there. There was music. It's such a chill atmosphere. I can't explain. Mm. Because, like, it's a lot of uh, families and women. Like, there's just no aggression from the dudes around at all. And you can still get your beer. It's cheaper. Cheaper to get your beer. I
0: thought like should have been before it got messed up.
1: Mate. And there's no, like, crowd abuse or any of that sort of stuff. Mm. It's just a really chill vibe. So, I, I don't understand why more people... Don't get along to be perfectly honest. I, it's a mistake I've made, and I certainly won't be uh, repeating that mistake.
0: Well, it tells there's been a couple of games. North Melbourne have been playing some games down in Hobart, mm. uh, and I've actually got a friend of mine, uh, their house overlooks oh, Hobart Oval, nice. so yeah. I've been getting some free AFLW vision, which has been fantastic. Oh, that yeah, is, I think, I, give the I, $10. I think,
1: ten dollars. I think the tickets
0: are free anyway. I think the, the tickets Port might Middle? be free
1: for goodness sake.
0: Uh, but yeah, so that's been great. But I want to bring up something else that's uh, been in the media this week, mm. Tales. Um, Sarah Perkins yes. uh, was, uh, was someone, she just shared a photo that people being very nasty, inappropriate, rude, abusive on Twitter, um, speaking about her weight. Yeah. Um, which was, you know, I think you saw the comments. I, I, can't, I can't remember exactly what they were, but they were, they were pretty vile and, and inappropriate um, and just rude. Mm. Um and then it, it led on to an interesting conversation. And, and whilst they were completely inappropriate comments, yes. Kane Corns, who we don't ever like to talk about on this show, and I'm not a huge fan, but he did bring up that at some stage, and this is not about random idiots on Twitter being abusive, but at some stage, coaches, commentators, experts in the game, when is it okay for them to talk about a player's physical appearance um mm. when talking about when talking about athletes, I guess. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, you know, it's funny. I, I would have agreed with Kane up until probably into, up until he spoke and I thought about it a bit more. I guess the problem I've got is that he's presuming that commentators can make assessments on the ability on players' fitness just from looking at them. And I don't think he can. I, I genuinely, I think the, the further we go down this, yes, okay, players do look a bit thicker and, and all that sort of stuff occasionally. But when you're talking the difference between a player playing at 95 and hundred kilos and how much difference that's going to make to their fitness and ability to run out of game, I don't know if you can make that assessment to be. But isn't
0: it, honest. isn't it, isn't it, isn't that the media's job? Maybe not just on first, maybe not just by looking, but if they feel like, you know, this is horse for the cart sort of stuff, who knows, but if they feel like a player is not playing their best and they know, and they feel like the player has put on weight, then as a commentator of the game, then that, surely is their job to discuss that.
1: I think, yes, they do discuss it. But my point is, how do you know, like, if you're watching a player really closely and you're noticing they're not running out the game or they don't have repeat efforts, that's a good observation. I don't think you can look at a person and say, oh, of course, you know, he and or she has, has or they, in Darcy vesio's case, has, has added, you know, three or four kilos to their body, their playing weight, and I think it's actually fat. And it's not muscle, and therefore they're not running out the game. I, I don't think you can make that assessment from afar. I think you can definitely make the assessment that they're not running out the game, but I don't think you can attribute that to their weight based on based on an eye view. I, I just don't think it's
0: it's possible. I I see where you're coming from. I see where you're coming from, but I think that it is it is the role of media to speculate and come up with yeah. reasons why for yeah. for the fans. So yeah, but
1: I, I just don't think you can say it's because somebody's fatter. I, I think you can say. Uh, you know, Isaac Keeney isn't running out of the game as well anymore. And we but this is the thing: you just don't know if it's an injury or it's because he's a bit thicker. He might have, you know, bulked up a bit. Like Johnny Besto, was Johnny Besto fat or was he just a gym junkie?
0: But let's 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 go with this example. So if you see someone running around limping on the field, the mm. commentator says someone limping on the field. And like, okay, they looks like they're limping. Yeah maybe it was from that big collision they had before. Isn't that the same as speculating about someone running slow? Maybe because of their carrying, they're looking like they're carrying tequilas. No, Is but that- I
1: think, I think if someone's limping, I think that's a different conversation. You're you're saying you're speculating on how they cause the injury. You're not speculating on the condition they may be in. I think, yeah. So I think we're we're having slightly two different conversations. I'm having a different one to you. I think we're, where kane is coming from is that he's saying how the hell can that be considered fat shaming or body shaming when for for afl players and he did make the distinction very clearly that for aflw players you shouldn't be allowed to make those sort of criticisms yet because it's not they're not full-time athletes they're not you know it's not their job to be in the best possible condition whereas for afl players they are full-time athletes it is their job to be in the best possible condition And you should be allowed to criticise them if they're not. So I think you can make that assessment and you can make that commentary. And I think if Kane's talked to people and he's found out that, you know, whoever it is, Charlie Dixon, has done nothing but sink piss and eat kebabs for three months. And yeah, he might look the same. But if if Kane knows that and has talked to people that have told him that, then yes,
0: of course he can say that. Well, that brings up an interesting sort of point that we do have this obsession in in sport, particularly, I mean, in society, but we'll, we'll focus just on the sports side. That that sort of fat and body weight is the key, the only real factor we, we take in. I mean, this fitness test, but in, into mm. fitness, such a focus on fat and size and weight. Yeah, um, that you know maybe, and then we saw that with the skin folds chest being outed mm. mm. um, as well, and some people got angry about that. But you know, I think there's there's a lot of other ways to you know tell a player's fitness. Mm. Um, And then, you know, you get it conversation, what even is fitness, but we'll leave that for another time. But look, I think this is a conversation that's going to keep happening um, over the next few years because we've already heard it in in seasons past too. So um, one to watch there. Tails, just before we go, just want a quick wrap up going, heading with finals not too far away in AFLW. Talk to me. Who's looking good?
1: Well, Adelaide and uh, Adelaide and Frio are the front runners. They played uh, last weekend.
0: Yeah, Adelaide just been that good for. They have been. They have been very
1: good for very long. But the other thing as well, the looming factor is Melbourne. So Melbourne are playing obviously very well. Taylor Harris has played very well this season. She's the leading scorer if you include points. She's the leading Mm -hmm. scorer in uh, in the competition Uh, with the Daisy Pierce last year factor thrown in. So I think there's a little bit, even though the Melbourne AFL uh, M team had their fairy tale, there's a little bit of a thought that the uh, the Melbourne AFLW uh, team could have their fairy tale this year. So that's that's looming. That is looming.
0: We couldn't have that, could we? I don't know. It's too many feel-goods. Could happen. Yeah, you, you're uh, right. You need some, it's a, a, a heartbreak story. Yeah. You don't want nice stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, tails. we will chat after the first test in pakistan yes absolutely and uh and just do a bit of a rundown from that but i think there's going to be a lot of answers coming out of that first test and probably even more questions so looking forward to seeing australia play in pakistan for the first time in what 20 22 years 21 years
1: yeah absolutely looking forward to Vanders. uh hoping there's another i don't know mark taylor triple century or something that we get you know it'd be nice to see someone random get a triple century that'd be good something something interesting could happen that'd be nice but uh yes we will talk after that, probably talk some AFLM, I imagine, very soon as well, seeing as we're only, what are we now, 13, 13 days away on the Thursday that we're recording, 13, 13 days away from the AFLM season kicking off. And I know you're very pleased that Isaac Keeney's got his six-year extension. Look at your little, you're like a little Cheshire cat with your little faces. I, I mentioned just, Isaac Keeney and you're like, I, yeah, you see that I meme was, when like, I somebody you it. like
0: texts you and you get the little smile?
1: Oh, Isaac Keeney, there you go again.
0: I was smiling because Malthouse came out and said Essendon, we're gonna win oh, the flag and I mate, thought the tails. We're
1: lucky to make finals.
0: Are you ready to have your heart broken like again? Well Charles, that that's a bit of a taster of what's gonna be coming up in the next few weeks. I will talk to you soon. Catch
1: you then, mate.